If you're looking to save some money on your wireless plan, take a look at Visible Wireless. They're a transparent wireless carrier with nothing to hide. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible where you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. One-line wireless, just 25 bucks a month with taxes and fees included. That's unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Switch now at Visible.com. You shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a company by its name. Like Visible, the wireless company making wireless visible. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117, and you're listening to Podcast Unlocked, the world's number one Xbox podcast. Now, finish this fight. Master Chief, out. Welcome, friends. It's Podcast Unlocked, episode 487 for March 23rd, 2021. Ryan McCaffrey here, as always, joined by Miranda Sanchez. Hi, hello, everybody. Welcome. Now, Miranda, do you want to give the warning before we start of what yeah. <laughs> the, the perils, so- the, the occasional <laughs> perils of working from home and not in the IGN studio? Yeah, so right now it seems we are on a break, but there is, I think, construction going on in the unit above me, and it has been excruciating, excruciatingly loud this morning. Um, I think we're okay, because again, I think they're on a break, but I may be sort of cutting out every now and then just to mute myself so you don't hear that. Yeah, at first I thought you were exaggerating, and then you posted a video clip that you recorded. Not at all exaggerating. Oh, no, it is (laughs) It's like there's, it's like there's, uh, it's like the sound of a dentist drill in your mouth, except in your entire apartment. Yeah, so like, guys, are you renovating the kitchen up there? What is happening? So I guess something along those lines, my cats are not having it. I'm not having it. But we're here and we're going to do our best. Exactly right. Destin Legary, good to see you again. Bam. Hey, everybody. Speaking of dentist drills, I just got back from the dentist and got my teeth drilled. So my mouth hurts a lot, <laughs> but I'm going to try and bring the hype, bring the energy for the show, because that's what the show benefits from the most. Powered by Novocaine this week. That's our sponsor. Our sponsor is Novocaine uh, for when you need to numb the pain of life. Uh, I actually had no idea. That's That was like a perfect segue, and I had no no clue that you were actually at the dentist. I'd so. smile, but my face hurts too much. We're already off to a great start this week. This is good. Yeah, and Cam Hawkins. Hello, my friend. Hello. How's it going, everybody? Are there any, is there anything going on with your face or in your apartment that we need to know about from you before we get going? uh no 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 nope. all right we're good just your dog was being bitey poor astro was, was... yeah she's being bitey and <laughs> and my fiance was in the shower so i'm just like i was like I'm, I'm sorry to be like this but she's got to stay in the bathroom with you while i'm recording the podcast <laughs> all right well we do have plenty to talk about real quick uh top of the show public service announcement a friendly reminder because it's you know it takes a while to get the word out unlocked has moved its youtube home 
the old YouTube channel will no longer be updated. We are now on youtube.com slash IGN games. So please subscribe over there. That is where Unlocked is going to live on YouTube. And that's where we hope you will hang out, just like Miranda's cat that's hanging out on her desk <laughs> right now. Um, that was a great and, cut. And the other thing I wanted to mention is the uh, Yappa video question experiment. Well, Yappa has come to an end. We're not doing that anymore. But as, like I said last week, I'd still love to get your loot box, loot box questions in video form. So I think the best way to do that is to post them on your Twitter and just tag me on there. And I would be happy to feature you in video form, have you guest on the show for a couple of minutes each and every week. So do that. Ask us what you want to talk about with regard to the world of Xbox, and you may be featured on even next week's show. All right, time to roll here. I want to start with Gotham Knights, one of the most anticipated games of 2021. That is now going to be out in 2022. The message on social media posted by WB and the WB Montreal development team says they need more time to deliver the best possible experience for players. No surprise, totally understand. Game delays happen all the time, even more so now during COVID. We've already, there are so many of them that Miranda, I think, I don't know if it's a news article or if it's actually a wiki page that your team maintains of all of the game delays so far in 2021. That's a good idea. We probably should, because honestly, <laughs> I feel like there are very few things that are absolute when it comes to game releases at this point. And so I pretty much just am now counting everything to be delayed. <laughs> it's just yeah. like, oh, you're probably going to get delayed. Yeah, it's, and it's completely understandable. Video games yeah. are a very complex mold, uh, melding of art and science, and it's tough. It's, it's not easy. I mean, we, we only have a little glimpse into how difficult it is to make a game under any circumstances, let alone the uh, distributed workflow model. Uh, Destin, Gotham Knights, how high was it ranking on your 2021 list? And uh, I imagine, you know, I know you're not a person that gets upset about delays, but but uh, how how much are you looking forward to this game? I mean, it's in the Batman universe, so I'm looking forward to it quite a bit. I really, really like the Batman series. like. Batman Arkham City was one of my favorite games probably ever. So I really, really enjoyed that. As for delays, you're right. Like, I don't worry about them. I would rather that the game gets the time that it needs to be polished and uh, so that the developer's happy with where it's at and then it's released. So the fact that it's delayed doesn't concern me at all. I think it's, I think with Cyberpunk and everything that happened there, I, don't, I think studios are going to, not rely on day one patches and rely on putting out code that uh, they're proud of, that th they're not worried about, you know, with the, the industry. And maybe that's one positive benefit that comes of the whole Cyberpunk 2077 situation, in, in my mind. That's a good point. I hadn't really thought about that, that maybe it really will have a, a, a positive ripple effect on the industry that we, that publishers will be more and developers will be more apt to go ahead and and suck up the delay, even if it even if it interrupts their marketing and if it costs you know a little bit more money on the dev side, it's a it's an excellent point. This this game looks great and it's Batman. It's going to sell. There's no reason to rush it out, and they're not they weren't really competing with anything. So right, yeah. not yet. Yeah, yeah. What's uh now? I mean, you keep mentioning Batman. He's of course not a playable character that we know of in this. Mm -hmm. What what do you put the odds on that Batman shows up in some way, shape, or form in this game? Isn't he supposed as playable? to be dead? 
Right. Yeah, he's supposed to be he's supposed to be dead. Like, that's how the trailer is announced. Yeah. Like basically like like code black or whatever where uh Yeah, th- I yeah. mean it's, it, it it does is it story it's story continuity from Arkham Knight, right? It's well, same... he's in it seems to be that he's imprisoned by the Court of Owls, and if you've read the Court of Owls storyline, he's not dead, but he's presumed dead. And that's mm-hmm. why the, the four of these characters are forced to take up the mantle. Now, I have to wonder if he'll show up near the end of the campaign and you save him in some respect. Yeah. Or or maybe he's like the first DLC pack, which is sort of turning the, the Batman franchise on its head, whereas I believe... I don't think Red Hood was a downloadable character, but Robin was, Batwoman was. Yep. Uh, Joker so, too, right? Pardon? Joker too, I believe. Yeah, Joker was a playable character in, I know at least in the original game, or maybe it was Arkham City. It's been a long time. But uh, yeah, and people responded quite well to those those content drops for those you know, individual characters. I really like playing as Robin, and I believe uh, Nightwing was one of the characters. So... Yeah, I, I'm excited to play as these characters some more. And I actually am pretty interested in this game and how they're going to handle, like, is leveling going to be as tiresome as you describe, Ryan? Like, I, I don't think it will be. I think they're going to find this happy medium for, you know, people that just want to play it through the campaign and yeah. then people that want to, like, make crazy builds to really dominate the campaign. I'm I'm very curious about what this is going to be like when we play it. Yeah, uh, Cam. What are what do you you got to figure? Batman. You, you think he'll be a he'll be like the the end end of the game where you actually just play as him as sort of a big reward at the end of this thing. I could see you playing as him at some point, but I do think that the story at the end of the day is going to focus around you know the the Bat family. Yeah, um, no doubt. You know they don't they don't want to um, turn away from 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 that uh, narrative. Uh, that I think that, you know, is going to be the focus for this game. So, you know, it'd be cool, but, like, I, I you know, obviously, like, I, I love more Batman, but uh, it's cool that we're going to see the other characters, because, like, I'm a big Robin fan, and if I remember correctly, this is, like, Tim Drake Robin, um, which is, like, my favorite Robin uh, as well. So um, that's, that's really exciting uh, for me. Uh, and I think uh, just, you know, with it being delayed, it makes sense. Uh, They've been working on this game for a long time, but granted, like this, from what we've seen of this game, it looks a lot more like adventure esque, like in its level design. It feels more um, cinematic uh, in that sense, where it's a bigger scale. That I think, as well as changing genres to like an action RPG, uh, that it makes sense why it took like so long for them to make this game. And with COVID and everything, they're just gonna have to push it back and release it when it's ready uh, i want to go around the two questions for the room first one's a, just a quick quick fun one what is your favorite of the arkham trilogy which this of course is sort of the carrying on the spirit of because there i've you know i think most people have one of two answers not really so much <laughs> there's one of them i think that doesn't necessarily get uh get chosen a lot but miranda do you have a favorite of these three I'm actually playing through them for the first time right now. Oh, nice. Uh, oh, these really? came out when I was in college, and I did not have the time nor the money to buy these games. And so uh, right now, I'm actually, I actually just started Arkham Asylum last week. So I am oh, I envy you. adoring it. Yeah, it's, it's been great. I'm just, I'm so excited. And so I'm streaming that on, on weeknights. It's been a lot of fun. Excellent. Destin, which, which is yours favorite? 
Yeah, I think I gave it away already. Uh, Arkham City <laughs> is probably my favorite, but combat-wise, I really had Arkham Knight dialed in, and I can do some pretty insane combos. I really, really like the combat in these games. It's really, really fun once you start learning how to maximize your score and deal with the different enemy types, and that's probably one of the reasons I love the series so much. And then like, there's the stealth sections where you got to figure out how to solve the puzzle of taking down everybody in the room in a timely manner without alerting them all to your presence. And yeah, these games do a lot of really, really fun stuff. And I'm excited to see how these new characters handle those aspects of the design. Cam, how about you? Yeah, I have to go city as well. I really like the, the, the claustrophobic uh, nature of Asylum. But uh, I did like recently replay that like a year or two back, and I do think it has aged a little bit. Um, while City, I do not feel that way. Um, and City just has like an incredible story. But like, I do agree that the gameplay in Night is like amazing. Yeah, Miranda, I apologize in advance for when you get to the last quarter or so of Arkham Knight. <laughs> there's, oh, the, yeah. The, there's the Batmobile gets a little. It, let's just say it wears out its welcome a little bit. Yeah, is the general okay. the last Batmobile yeah. section is a bummer. Yeah, but especially, um, yeah, especially ahead, some Jeff. like some narrative things. If you played Origins, like there's basically like this big fight that you're looking forward to uh, in that game, and it ends up being like a tank battle, and it's just like, no, why? Why is this a thing? <laughs> I, tank I am battle! with you guys, though. <laughs> I think actually shows is, is, which is very on Batman like. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, you know, it turns out it was just, it was just looking ahead to Snyderverse Batman, you know, just jump in and start mowing down things with the turret in your, in your Batmobile. This is not the Snyder Cut podcast. Exactly. (laughs) I still haven't Um, seen it. I don't know if I'm going to. So long. I really enjoyed it. I I enjoyed it too. I genuinely enjoyed it. I loved it. I should. Yeah. I, I really like the movie. Um, all right. Now the, the, the question of, of the week, really, the, what the, the, this episode is titled at is, so when I heard that Gotham Knights was delayed, it made me think naturally about sort of its companion game of sorts, not in a, in a narrative sense or anything like that necessarily, but Rocksteady's Suicide Squad, a game that we'd been waiting five plus years just to have it get announced. And then it got announced last year for a 2022 release and now Gotham Knights is 2022. Uh, do you guys see any way that both of these games, both of these sort of Batverse games uh, come out in the same window, like, you know, fall 2022 or even the same year? I want to go Destin's way first here. Suicide Squad does nothing to move the needle for me. The idea of playing as the villain, if I'm not the one making the villain choices, like in Mass Effect, it just, I don't know, it, it's its in the Batman verse, sure, and you're playing, you know, villains of Batman who are charismatic, they're interesting, but I still don't know what this game is. I don't know what to expect. Is it just like Gotham Knights, where you're playing as four different characters? Are they somehow intermingled together? Um, I have so many questions, and... Yes, this CG trailer is interesting and charming, but I don't have a good idea of what I'm actually going to be doing and what hunting down the superheroes is going to be like. So uh, this one's a little bit weird for me, and I don't think the marketing has sold it in the same way it sold Gotham Knights. Right. Well, I mean, that that CG trailer that we're looking at now is the only thing they've put out. 
so far. Yeah. So, in, so it's in like, their defense, you know, they announced it at DC Fandome last mm. summer, finally ending that <laughs> five-year wait. Uh, but now we wait to hear some concrete gameplay details. It, it looks like more of a continuation of the Injustice 2 storyline than anything. <laughs> so, like, I'm like, what's happening? Like, I don't, I don't get it. And I want to get it, but I just don't right now. Cam, do you think WB would ship both of these games in the same time frame? I could, I, I mean, I could see them doing it in the same year. Uh, yeah, and I think that Rocksteady, I mean, they, they released Arkham Knight in June, but I feel like Rocksteady is a big enough studio at this point. Like, you know, I, I feel like they're one of my favorite studios. So for me, I think that it makes sense that their games like release during the holiday season. Like I think that that their studio name holds weight at this point um, in a significant way where uh, I think that it would make sense that uh, Gotham Knights would come out in the spring and then uh, Suicide Squad would release in the holiday. Uh, and it seems like that they're two completely different type of games. Like, yeah, they're based off of Batman uh, IP and like DC comics and things like that. But, um, th th I think they're going to be, uh, notably different when we actually see gameplay of Suicide Squad. So, um, yeah, I think, it, I think they should both come out next year. Why do you think they're going to be different? I didn't, I didn't they, uh, say, or like, is it like at least the rumor mills like that Suicide Squad is going to be somewhat of a games as a service type game? It's like Avengers. That really worries me actually, because look at Avengers doesn't seem to be doing great. Yeah, struggling a bit so. there. Um, it says, if you look at the Wikipedia thing, it's the upcoming action-adventure shooter developed by Rocksteady. Oh, I don't okay. think it's going to be oh, games okay. as a service. We shall okay. see. I, 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 that's fair. I, I still think that um, even even with the genre, I think that, 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 that they'll be different enough that it, it'll be fine with them releasing the same year. I, don't, I really don't think that there's going to be uh, too much of an issue there. Miranda, what do you think? I agree with Cam on probably doing a Gotham Knights spring release that would lead really well into the summer since that's going to have like a big co-op focus. I think when I look at summer games, I want co-op, I want India, I want stuff to do with friends. Um, and then probably having Suicide Squad for the fall season, which I'm assuming is what they would have pegged it as anyway. Just because, again, big releases, you think fall. Yeah. They can happen in spring. They do happen in spring, but usually fall is the one that people go for. Yeah, I'm I'm with you guys. I, I I agree. I don't think, you know, given that Suicide Squad was penciled in initially for 2022, if it holds to that, I don't think it's going to be anywhere close. I think they're going to have to be at opposite ends of the year, like you guys are saying, maybe a spring for Gotham Knights, fall for Suicide Squad. Even if the games are different enough, they just seem, you know, being in the same universe, I don't see WB uh, putting them out like, in, in the same quarter, like, oh, both of them are just going to be our two big fall games that that it seems like you'd, you'd probably be uh, cutting into your own audience a little bit there for people that might only buy one game a season or, or you know, one or two games a year. So, yeah, I, I think if Suicide Squad holds to 2022, it's it's going to have to mean fall for one spring for the other or it, it might end up you know, if uh, if Rocksteady needs more time as well. I think we could easily see Suicide Squad slip into 2023. So that's going to be, uh, that'll be an interesting one to follow, but definitely two heavy hitting Batverse games on the way, uh, just not this year from WB.
This week's podcast unlocked is brought to you by NordVPN. Hey, if you're watching a lot of sports like me and you hate blackouts, NordVPN is a great way to go. You can use NordVPN, a virtual private network, to watch live sporting events, TV shows, films that aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location to a country that is showing that event. No more blackouts. It's also good for plenty of other stuff like protecting your private data, your bank details, your passwords, your online identity. You can protect your data while you're traveling and using public Wi-Fi. NordVPN protects you wherever you are in the world. NordVPN threat protection also protects you from viruses, malware, and phishing sites. NordVPN is also the fastest VPN in the world. No buffering or lagging while you're streaming, and it will stop your ISP bandwidth throttling. NordVPN is the price of a cup of coffee a month, so that is a super affordable, great way to go. To get the best discount off of your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash Unlocked without the E. That's N O R D VPN dot com slash U N L O C K D, and that'll give you four extra months on the two year plan. And best of all, there's no risk with Nord's 30 day money back guarantee. NordVPN.com slash unlocked without the E. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Next up this week, we've got ourselves an Xbox event at the end of this week. It was too late to hold this show for. We'll talk about it next week. We'll give you the recap and discussion and highlights and analysis, but... There will be an Idea Xbox Indie Showcase on Friday at 9 a.m. Eastern, excuse me, 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern. That's this Friday, March 26th. Xbox is promising over 100 total games from indie developers worldwide, including from, uh, you got Devolver in there, Drinkbox, Curve, uh, and more. And some of, the, some of the big names, I mean, I just mentioned a couple of those developers, but Stalker 2 is going to be there. That is a major Xbox console exclusive. The Ascent, which we actually did an IGN first on that last year. That's a, you know, Diablo-ish action RPG uh, that's in development for the Series X. It's a next-gen game. And then uh, The Wild at Heart, Void Train, XO1. Uh, XO1 we've seen before. And then Second Extinction, which is already kind of out in early access on PC. So there's uh there's some there's gonna be I mean a bunch of indie games but some some big hitters in here too, uh, Miranda what what are you most hoping to see in this thing? New things from Annapurna. That's what I'm excited because Annapurna was on the list. It was like this is 
anytime they put something out, I'm just like, hello, what what is this game? And I'll probably <laughs> buy it. <laughs> if you guys don't remember, uh, they published The Outer Wilds, which is one of my favorite games. I never stopped talking about it. You should play on Game Pass. Uh, <laughs> you know it was going to come up. But I think there's going to be a lot of little neat indie darlings here. I think Idea at Xbox usually provides a lot of games that I get really excited for, um, especially at E3. That's what I would always go to. It's like, all right, what's happening at Indian Xbox, or Idea Xbox, excuse me. Uh, that's where we saw Spirit Fair. That's where we saw Ooblets. I think there's a lot of just wonderful games in there, and I'm excited to see that they're showing over 100. Crazy. Miranda, uh, speaking of Annapurna, have you played Donut Country? Yes, oh, Donut really County. Good. County, you're right. Yeah, I keep saying it wrong. <laughs> That'll be the sequel, <laughs> but, uh, Destin. I really, yes. There you go. Uh, that game is very charming. Yes, Just it to is. Say that. Yeah. <laughs> Play a little raccoon. You're uh, eating up a town. Yep. The hole. It's very weird. Uh, Miranda, I'm I'm glad you reminded me because I had it right here in my notes and managed to just miss it. Uh, Annapurna will be there for at least one game. Yes. Twelve minutes, <laughs> which I think you and I are both really looking forward to. Super excited. About. Yes. Give me the time puzzles. It's going to be super cool. Um, I will also say I'm interested in Stalker just because I recently read Roadside Picnic. And now I'm like, oh, now I want to know about Stalker because I enjoyed that book, which if you guys didn't know, Stalker is based loosely on Roadside Picnic, which is about aliens stopping by and then leaving <laughs> and the fallout after. Uh, so I'm, I'm curious to see what happens there. Yeah, I didn't even realize that Stalker was technically an idea, like just a, a self-published yeah. game. I, I thought for sure that was a big, a big publisher game because it's going to be a, like it'll, it'll be a, you know, triple A caliber production, mm -hmm. which we don't often see with with idea at Xbox games. And I don't say that, you know, derisively at all. It's just, you know, Stalker Two is a, a big game, you know, big big team, uh, whereas the traditionally the idea at Xbox stuff is is you know wonderful creative awesome games from smaller teams like you know cuphead's a great example where yeah. it's you know 10 12 15 people making a a you know a high caliber highly polished awesome game um yeah 12 minutes i played that it's it, we're coming up on the two-year anniversary of me getting to play that game which was at e3 of 2019 the last e3 that that there has been and maybe ever will be uh Oh, and no. <laughs> that's a separate conversation, but it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's super interesting. I mean, it was, it was, I was happy to get the opportunity to play it, but it's the kind of game where playing it for 15 minutes is despite what the name suggests is, uh, is not enough, is not enough time to really get a sense for it. But in fact, since I played it, they've added the, that triple A, you know, those, that A-list voice cast with, um, with us, it's, I believe it's da Daisy Ridley, James McAvoy, and Willem Dafoe, if if memory serves. Yeah. Oh, yep. it's a crazy oh, cast. It's just like, day, y'all. Yeah, yeah. When it all stops, super cool. Okay, yeah, go it's ahead. A, yeah, it's exi it's exciting that I feel like Annapurna has recognized the hype behind this game, how people, how excited people are, but also that makes me kind of want to like keep my reservations in check. It's like Annapurna, like. Hardly like they don't miss, but like you know, I, I, I just, but I still want to like keep my uh, expectations just in check because I don't want to be overly hyped about it, and then for some reason it doesn't like deliver to the ex expectations that I have because I'm super excited about this game. But uh, yeah, twelve minutes looks great. Um, I hope we see Tunic. That would be great. Oh, uh, I yes. played. I got to play 
a, a little bit of tunic um during like pax east last year uh she dreams elsewhere which i know is another day one game pass indie title very looking forward to that hope to see that there uh yeah the, uh, and then uh the when i saw a drink box studios i decided to hit up uh guacamelee 2 because i i played the first one love that one and i was just like i still haven't gotten to guacamelee 2 so i just like decided to start it and man drink box is i feel like is a really um I, I feel like they don't get enough credit on like the indie games that they make they're so good yeah that's totally fair yeah miranda how how does what is going on with annapurna where they they're they're like hit rate of like they, they really know how to pick them over there yeah i think that's just what it is right like they i think they have a very curated taste that's varied um because you look at like they have ashen too right like that's not like fluffy light fun that is you know a bigger adventure like very much souls like in that way and i think it's just a strength of them finding something that has impact in a way but it's like a smaller smaller teams that have impact and a very defined style and i would say that's what i kind of find with a lot of their games like you look at florence right which maybe you may have not played uh, but that was a mobile game about breaking up and i personally was like oh that was like a nice thing that i experienced um but it was very defined in that it was about breaking up in the hardship of that and like how do you use that as a game and so i think they just have a really good idea of what kind of things they're looking for and because they are so focused on that curation um generally i think if you like one of their games you're probably gonna like the other ones they publish just or at least have some interest in them just because the games themselves have a similar feel in how they use like the video game space to tell stories. Miranda, would you would you call it a crazy hot take for me if I said that Annapurna has kind of become the Xbox Live Arcade for the industry, where they just the, the you when you said curation, it made me think of of Live Arcade and how I mean because that's what I remember about Xbox Live Arcade is they would highlight you know two to four games a week. And it was almost, you could almost always count on it, everything being really good on Xbox Live Arcade Wednesdays. And that's, it seems like that's what Annapurna is doing, but on a publisher level. Yep, ex absolutely that. Um, I think you also look at, uh, oh goodness, who else is it? Like Devolver. Devolver yeah, is a very similar thing, true. right? I think their, their style is a lot more gritty to intense to they're wild right they're, like, on, they're was, out there yeah I, I think wild is the appropriate term for devolver because if you look at their e3 presentations you look at just the games they publish they have just these extremes to them that you don't really find with their publishers and i think that's one of the things that i've really enjoyed about these indie publishers is that they are again so focused and so defined in the tastes that they bring forth with video games and and Annapurna is just hitting something that I think a lot of people are looking for when it comes to those really focused single player story adventures. Not always necessarily single player, but you know, we want those good stories and they know how to find them. Yeah. Uh, and so by the way, we should point out that there were rumors that Microsoft would be doing a, a late March Xbox event. Those rumors have proven to be true. <laughs> Although to his credit, Xbox VP of marketing, Aaron Greenberg had had uh, gone out on Twitter when these rumors were first popping up and said, you know, he, he was just trying to calm everything down and say, hey, we're not gonna have, because the rumor was that there was gonna be a new Elden Ring trailer. And so he was like, yeah, nothing, nothing <laughs> like that right now. 
Uh, and it seems as though he was uh, he wasn't seemingly not setting us up for an Elden Ring reveal, but was actually correct. And that, like, please don't get you know don't get your hopes that sky high where there, where you're then disappointed by the cool smaller scale stuff that we are going to show. So uh, we will have that for you on IGN on Friday. So again, that's Friday, March 26th, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Next this week, uh, let's talk VR, shall we? Which is something that Xbox doesn't have, sadly, and seemingly that's going to continue to be the case. Our hopes were raised very briefly uh, over the past week. So uh, IGN Italy, our, our friends over in Italy, they, they plugged in or they connected their new Xbox wireless headset and got a message, a system message from the Series X that says, uh, their VR headset needs an update, like a firmware update. And so they reported on it. We, we reached out to Microsoft and a Microsoft spokesperson told IGN that VR is not coming to the Xbox Series X or S at this time. That uh, the cop, they said, quote, the copy in this error message is inaccurate due to a localization bug in the, in the translation. Because of course, IGN Italy was on their Italian language dashboard and console, they say VR VR for console is not a focus for us at this time. <sighs> I still want VR. Gotta give Xbox. it up, Ryan. It's what? not happening. <laughs> it's not gonna happen, dude. <laughs> so Destin, let's talk about it. I mean, it's yeah. you look at what Sony, Sony has committed, obviously. They've been in the game now for five just about five years this is their yeah, fifth they year. just announced a new controller yeah right they're doing another one they are sticking with mm -hmm. it psvr2 or whatever it ultimately will be called mm -hmm. uh it there aren't i guess a lot of psvrs out there relative to the number of ps4s out there so in in, in the attach rate by that metric isn't great but yet sony continuing to stick with it Destin, is there, there's an argument to be made that either way, right? That A, Microsoft looks at what's at Sony and says, well, there's, we would probably not sell very many VR units. But there's also an argument I feel to be made that, that the rising tide would lift all ships. And that if Microsoft were to commit also, then you get, because then if you have Sony and Microsoft on board, plus the PC community, you'd get more VR development happening, which would lead to more and better VR games, which would lead to more VR headsets sold. What do you, what do you think, Destin? Well, they worked on HoloLens for like five years. I believe Casey Hudson was on that team. A lot of people, a lot of big names were on that team. Yeah. And uh, it just didn't work out for them. I don't, I don't think they see the return on investment in time. I don't think they get the conversion that they need to make it a vi make viable business sense. And I think the reason you don't see a lot of PlayStation users using that services because not only is it a subpar VR experience, but um, it's also difficult to hook up. It's not like it's not a lot of wires, really user friendly. And I think Xbox is just going for that with the console market, chill on your couch, play a bunch of different games with Game Pass and just relax vibe, not hook up all these wires and stuff. Like if you want to do that, you're probably a PC gamer anyway. And you, you there's so many options right now that are definitely better than psvr we don't know what the new psvr is going to be but yeah 
Yeah, I don't know. That's just sort of my thinking on it. And we've seen the conversion rate for PlayStation. It's low. VR just doesn't seem to be catching with the console market, in in my opinion. Maybe I'm way off base on that, but um, yeah, there's some fun games. Like Beat Saber is really, really fun. I've I played a ton of that. Uh, Half-Life Alex. You know, I think, Ryan, you wanted to give it your game of the year last year. I want to give it my game of the year this year still. That's how good that game is. <laughs> so far in 2021, there's nothing better than Half-Life Alex. which, by the way, as we record today, coincidentally, it's the one-year anniversary of that game's release. So in my opinion, it's the reigning game of the year. Uh, my fellow IGN voters did not agree in our game of the year vote. but um, And Super, Super Hot in VR was one of my favorite games, Super too. Hot's so, great. Like, there, there's stuff that works in VR. I just don't think it warrants the development cost of building up a branch to just work on that and do it right for console, right? So they've seen what Sony's done and how much they've had to invest in that. And they're just like, you know what? We're just going to focus on Game Pass. We're going to buy Bethesda instead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, that's the chicken and yeah. the egg scenario with VR, right? Is Because I think... There, there are two games that make this case that are, are great examples of what you're talking about. You mentioned Half-Life Alex, but I want to bring up, uh, we were talking Batman and, and the Arkham games earlier. A, a, a small team at Rocksteady did Batman Arkham VR as a launch title for the PSVR. And Destin, I don't know if you had a chance to play it or any of you have had a chance to play it. I, I have. It's, it's a really, really neat, like, two-hour Batman experience, it's not long at all. It's just this little thing, but you really feel like you're in the world of Arkham. There's this, you know, in the beginning, you actually descend to the Batcave and put on the, the cape and cowl, and it's it's really neat. But to your point, like, they're not going to spend $80 million that they would, you know, that they like they would do on a new Batman Arkham game to do... A, you know, a little VR experience for something that's going to have a tiny installed base. Unless, but then on the other side, you have Valve with Half-Life Alex, who, sh who they don't, they answer to no one. And they, you know, they, they have effectively unlimited money thanks to Steam and, and, you know, the cut of every sale they get on Steam that they can, they can dedicate a large AAA ultra talented team for like four years and Half-Life Alex is the result. So it's this weird, like, that's what's possible, but you can't really do that unless you're Valve because the installed bases aren't enough, but the installed bases aren't enough without games like that. So it's just, it's just a nightmare uh, to try and, you know, grow VR that way. Miranda, are, are, do you miss the lack of, are you upset about the lack of VR on Xbox or are you just totally good with it? I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think, I, I guess if anything, I'm more curious to see how Sony is going to improve their VR headset and if that drives anything. Really, that's what I'm looking at for the console market. Um, I am sad that Half-Life Half Alex is definitely one that we'd miss, but it's not like it would be on Xbox anyway. So, <laughs> or maybe it could be, who knows? Things have happened before, but I'm, I'm fine without it. Well, so there it is. No VR anytime soon, which some of us are upset about. <laughs> but that's okay. Yeah, clearly the market has spoken, right? It's like, Sorry, it is more of a niche thing. I get it. That's, I'm lucky I've got a PC that can do it. So. It's, uh, it's pretty cool if, if uh, you've got the ability to ch check it out at some point. 
if you if you just at some you get a chance to play Half-Life Alex do it that's that's really what I want to say uh, okay the next story this week and I think this is this will be the the bulk of the remainder of our conversation on this show it's sort of a two two-headed monster of a story uh, one a rebranding of Xbox Live which may or may not be related to the still for now rumor reported by Bloomberg that Microsoft is eyeing a purchase of Discord, which we are using right now to make the show for $10 billion following the $7.5 billion Bethesda acquisition. Uh, the rebranding is official. It was first reported by Tom Warren at The Verge. Microsoft is rebranding Xbox Live to Xbox Network, although network is not capitalized officially. It's just Xbox and then generic network. Instances of the new branding started appearing, uh, as Tom Warren writes, in the Xbox dashboard recently for beta testers with clips being uploaded to Xbox Network instead of Xbox Live. Microsoft has now confirmed the name change, telling Tom and The Verge, quote, Xbox Network refers to the underlying Xbox online service, which was updated in the Microsoft Services Agreement. The update from Xbox Live to Xbox Network is intended to distinguish the underlying service from Xbox Live Gold memberships. So uh, I don't know about you guys. I was kind of surprised that they did this just because they've been building the live name and brand for almost 19 years at this point. It has been quite a run. Cam? So uh, let me put on my old man cap because uh, I personally am not a fan of this. I think the Xbox Live is an iconic name. Uh, I think when you think about online multiplayer, like Xbox Live is something that you think about. And I know that Xbox is trying to, uh, you know, move not just into, uh, out of the console space to PC and xCloud, but it just, it just doesn't seem necessary because Xbox Live is just for online console multiplayer. So I, I, I really don't understand the change. If they're going to do this, it doesn't, seem, it doesn't seem like the right move, if you ask me. So what I think they're doing is they're, they're restructuring the entire brand of services that Xbox offers. And I think because of that, Xbox Live by itself, imagine you're not versed in Xbox lingo. Xbox Live sounds like a live streaming service or uh, something that you would use to go live and stream video games to your audience. So maybe it's just a little bit confusing to them and they're trying to restructure everything. Cause right now, for example, if you buy three years of Xbox live and then upgrade the game pass ultimate for a dollar, you just get game pass ultimate for three years. Like that's a trick. A lot of people on Reddit have been talking about lately. Um, so you have game pass ultimate, you have Xbox live, you have OneDrive, which is how you, upload a lot of your media so that you can download it. And I hope that this is positive and I hope they're redoing their network structure so that downloading files off your console is easier, for example, because right now you have to like upload it to the cloud then download it on your PC. And like on PlayStation, for example, you plug in a USB and you want to plug it. I wish Xbox would offer that as an option for downloading your video files from your console. Um, yeah, so yes, Xbox Live is iconic. I, I love, Xbox Live and it's been there for a long time. I don't think it's the worst thing that they're updating the brand. As much as I love the Xbox Live name, Xbox Network makes sense to me. And I think something bigger is going on that we don't have a full picture of. You know, Destin, I have to say, you 
you won me over with your argument there because I was with Cam in full old man mode of like, you know, ah, 20 <laughs> years of brand equity. But you're totally right that the context of the of the word live has really changed over those 20 yeah. years. And it you're right, it is associated with with something else now. So uh I am I am yep. one over, I've been one over to the Destin side, which doesn't happen very often. <laughs> yeah, right. uh, I love Xbox Live, but like it's just about being in the Xbox ecosystem at the end of the day, right? And I think that's what they're going for. So they're like, look, we have all these different services, but we need a better way to define it. And it yeah. sounds like Xbox Live might still exist. I'm a little unclear about how that's changing. It'll just be referring to the online component. Like, do you have any clarity on that point, Ryan? Uh, no, it's just what just the statement that they gave to to the Verge there. But the the other part of this is we start to run a little low on time. I want to go to Miranda because I think she's might be the most frequent Discord user among all of us, and with her Maybe. her Dota crew. Uh, I live on Discord. <laughs> Mike, I, I don't. I, I don't use text messages anymore. I just use Discord. <laughs> well, that, then you're a great person to speak to this. Microsoft reportedly eyeing to uh, a Discord purchase for ten billion dollars. This is a company that already owns Skype and has Microsoft Teams as well. I know Teams isn't necessarily kind of the same thing as Discord at all, but uh, Skype is not dissimilar to, to Discord. So Miranda, what uh, what do you think? You, you think this is gonna get integrated into Xbox network? Is that, is that Microsoft's play here? I wouldn't mind seeing Discord integrated more into Xbox systems, but I am a little worried about Discord like going public and maybe getting like purchased and all this other stuff because I really like Discord and it seems like that team has a lot of fun kind of just, just having spoken to some people from that team previously, um, having that independence to be able to do what they want with their systems. Uh, I will say of all the communication systems that I use, Discord is by far my favorite, aside from just talking for games. Um, for context, I used to use Skype all the time for Dota stuff, and it was fine. <laughs> it was something we used. Yeah. It was bad. And then we eventually started using TeamSpeak with Skype. And then we eventually just had Discord, which is like the all-in-one of everything, right? You can do video. You can stream to people. You can just sit in chats. Um, you can like do a lot of really cool role management and moderation. And I think Discord has definitely grown far beyond gaming. Like I have yeah. stationary discords that I'm in. <laughs> so we just talk about stationary things like journals and th those sorts of stuff as well. Uh, so I think there's a very big use case for Discord that goes far beyond games. And so if Microsoft were to acquire Discord, I'd be really interested to see if they do try to lean in more to the, this is for more than games as Discord has kind of started doing um, when the pandemic first hit. Um, they made a lot of user guides for different communities kind of coming to Discord to talk and just have, you know, conversations and parties and what, what have you. Um, so I, again, not the biggest fan of it, but I am curious what they would do should they acquire Discord as far as like, would they be a more hands-off approach as they do with like their game studio seemingly? Yeah. Um, but this is, you know, Microsoft. So I don't know if they would say, hey, well, we actually want to use Discord technology or whatever it may be for to improve our other Microsoft suite of systems. Or I mean, honestly, I don't know what they would be doing with it. But if they do acquire it, I hope they just sort of leave it alone. <laughs> I, I, and if anything, just give them more money to make their systems better. 
I think you hit the nail on the head. I think they just want access to that code because Discord has been yeah. so successful. And I don't imagine that they're going to get in there and, and mess things up. A few points of context. Uh, Discord is valued at $7 billion. And Epic and Amazon are eyeing the company for acquisition also. So I think Microsoft, with the $10 billion offer, is trying to undercut the competition and just say, like, no, we want Discord, period. It's one of the best online, like, services just in general i use discord for like everything destiny there's just tons of lfgs on discord and you know that's something xbox could also benefit from the lfg community that's just ingrained into the discord brand now i know xbox has its own lfg thing that's pretty good too but that's just my two cents on it i think they want the tech i think they leave discord alone and i think they want to get it before epic and amazon do I think if, if anything, it would be more interesting for me to see if they roll in the premium services for Discord with um, Xbox Live and Ultimate, just because mm -hmm. there are different things you can pay for. So for instance, for example, if one server has different emotes, you can use them in other servers if you pay for it. And just like a lot of little things like that. And we've we've seen um, Xbox and uh, Xbox in uh, Discord collaborate by giving out like a free month of like discord nitro yeah. or whatever you know things like that so i think the like there's kind of like already a process there i feel like if, if if microsoft were to acquire acquire them yeah yeah entirely possible it is it is entirely possible that discord will be the the thing under the hood in in xbox live or xbox network for you know the coming the coming decade the coming rest of this generation all right, uh, we are almost out of time. I'm going to skip Lootbox this week. I just want to repeat my call from the top of the show. Tweet your, post your video question for the panel on Twitter. Tag me, I'm at DMC underscore Ryan. And I will put you into consideration for a future episode now that uh, Yappa is, is no more, at least no more on IGN. But quickly, let's do Unlock Block Trivia, shall we? This is a good one. The gamer tag, this comes from a person with the gamer tag Veracity Offense, or Veracity Offense, I'm not sure which. From uh, They're from Elon, North Carolina, and they ask, which of these HD collections was never released on the 360? So you had some HD collections, package, packaging up some games. You had A, the Metal Gear Solid HD collection, B, the Devil May Cry HD collection, C, the Hitman HD collection, or D, the Splinter, Tom Clancy Splinter Cell uh, trilogy HD. So one, three of those did come to the Xbox 360 and one didn't. Can Miranda expand her lead? She's up three points to everybody else's one. So I will go Destin's way first on this. Well, Miranda's gonna... winning. <laughs> No, I'm not winning. I'm going to no, say... Mar no, Miranda's winning, so oh, she should go chance. first. Oh, okay, all right. That's go fine. No. We can have Miranda go yeah. first. See, she knows. Uh. <laughs> Stop. No, I don't know the answer. <laughs> I love this segment. Why would you do that to This me? is the best segment. All right, Miranda, I guess. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> go. <laughs> I guess this is the B. Okay. I'm picking B. All right, Destin Devil thinks May Devil May Cry HD never made its way over. Uh, it, it's, you know, Devil May Cry was definitely probably more of a PlayStation-leaning series. It has certainly seen release on PS2 Xbox. It was PS2 exclusive to start, I mean. <laughs> yeah. The first, the first two entries were, at least. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay, Miranda, I'm just going to call on you now. It's fine. I was going to answer <laughs> B2. Okay, so. sticking with De tossing in with Destin on this. We shall see. 
Uh, all right. So Cam, you can either stick with the team, sink or swim with them, or venture out on your own and potentially, if you get it right, pick up a point on both of them. So which, what are you going to do here? The answer is D. And he's correct. Wow. Let's go! Let's go! <laughs> Nicely done. We now have a, uh, a tight ball game. Three points from Miranda, two for Cam. Actually, Destin still needs to get on the board, but he's, of course, really just getting into the flow of the show after being out on paternity leave. So, excellent question there. I like that one. Yeah, uh, Xbox didn't need it because they already had the games exclusively. Splinter Cell 1, Pandora Tomorrow, and then Chaos Theory. Although Chaos, Chaos Theory wasn't exclusive, but the first two were. So, yeah, no HD trilogy collection needed. There are, they were already there and, and uh, compatible. Good stuff. If you've got a trivia question, send it our way. The email address is unlocked at IGN.com. Include the question, include four multiple choice answers, and do note what the correct answer is. And we'll play again next week. And with that, uh, we'll hit the road here. Just give ourselves some quick promos. For me, I've got a new Unfiltered up with two of the development leads on Six Days in Fallujah. It's a, it's a very much, um, a much more serious conversation than the typical who are you and where did you come from that Unfiltered tends to be. Uh, that, and and the, the developers, Peter Tamte and Jamie Griesmer, and they are both ex-Bungie. They worked on Halo 1, and in Jamie's case, he was there up through Halo 3. So there's kind of an interesting arc to that if you want to listen to that interview. Miranda? I'm actually writing something, which is cool. And we'll hopefully be doing a little bit more writing in the next few months just because there's some time for it. Um, but I'm working on a review that will be out on Thursday of a TV show, which I'm not going to talk about yet, but I'm very Sweet. excited for that. And then off-site, I am, as I mentioned earlier, playing Arkham Asylum um, on Twitch. So that's every Tuesday at 7.30 p.m. PT, if you're interested. And what's, uh, what's your Twitch again? Oh, yeah, Havoc Gross. That's Havoc with a K. Find me at Havoc Gross everywhere else, too. Excellent. Destin? Yeah, so uh, for IGN, I'm working on something pretty cool that I can't talk about. So, Ryan, you know what it is, but I think people yes. are really going to like it when it does come out. I'm really um, going to like it. Yeah, and then for my personal channel stuff, I've been doing youtube.com slash the Destin channel uh, with a baby. I have a lot of late nights at 1130, so I've been doing like rambly, just vlog style videos about Xbox stuff because I'm so stoked about all the Xbox things happening lately. And um I'm going to try stream today. So twitch.tv slash Destin. We'll see how that goes with the little one. If he goes to sleep, great. Like, I don't know if, I don't know <laughs> if it's going to be possible anymore. And that's why the YouTube thing has been easier for me to do right now as a new dad. So yeah, but uh, keep an eye on IGN. You're really, really going to like what I'm working on. And uh, yeah, that's it. Excellent. Cam, take us home. What are you up to? Uh, I'm just uh, doing the same old thing. You can follow me on Twitter at CamFinalMix, and I'm currently streaming Near Automata on my Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash CamFinalMix. Brilliant. All right. Well, for Miranda, Destin, and Cam, I'm Ryan, along with super producer John Borba. This was Unlocked 487, and we will see you all next week. Oh, hey, just kidding. We're still here just for a quick second, because now that all the IGN shows are under the youtube.com slash IGN games channel together, I wanted to quickly have Jonathan Dornbush from Podcast Beyond stop by to tell us what you guys are going to be talking about on Beyond Tomorrow. Jonathan. 
Beyond. Hey, Ryan. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, we're going to be talking a little bit about, uh, of course, all of the news that breaks whenever Sony posts things immediately after we air Beyond any given week. <laughs> uh, so we'll be catching up on some of the news from last week, like the PSVR 2 uh, new controllers that were revealed, some of the free games that will be coming as part of the Play at Home initiative that they're doing. Uh, and then we're going to talk a little bit about sort of the wider uh, trend, obviously, that we're seeing of delays this year, especially because people always want to know, is God of War going to be delayed? Uh, and just a whole host of other topics and probably Bloodborne will be mentioned at some point because at this point it's basically a requirement. Sweet. Well, and maybe uh, maybe I'll sneak onto your show at some point for my yearly MLB The Show conversation where I get to talk to everybody about baseball for a few Absolutely. minutes. Absolutely. Would love to have you. <laughs> All right, Jonathan, thank you so much again. Subscribe to youtube.com slash IGN Games where all of our popular shows are are now living unlocked beyond a Nintendo voice chat and game scoop. All right, we're really going now. We'll see you next week. Have you ever watched a futuristic sci-fi movie and wondered, but wait, could any of this really happen? And will I live long enough to see it? That's what our show Hypothetical is about. I'm Carrie Bechet, and on this podcast, we ask what-if questions about the future. Like, what if we could read minds? What if the world's digital data was erased all at once? What would happen if the Yellowstone supervolcano erupted? Then we explore that question two ways, through speculative science fiction and through dialogue with brilliant scientists. The result is a genre-bending narrative that's interwoven with real facts provided by literal geniuses. And, spoiler alert, a lot of the science fiction out there, it's not nearly as far-fetched as you might think. Come time travel with me into the future on Hypothetical. New episodes on Tuesdays available on all your favorite podcast apps. Just search Hypothetical. That's H-Y-P-E-R-T-H-E-T-I-C-A-L.